0: Health is a state of complete harmony of the body, body, mind, mind, and and spirit. We're on a mission to learn anything and everything about physical and mental health. Bringing them together to make for the perfect life. Welcome to the Fit Body, Fit Mind podcast, brought to you by atlasuncut.com. We'll have interviews with experts in their fields as they'll share their amazing and inspirational stories to help guide you to a fit body, fit mind. What's up, everybody? This is Joey Tucky on the Fit Body, Fit Mind podcast. I have here Joey Jennings. And from the corporate life to ayahuasca to a blossoming CBD business, my next guest is here to share his unconventional and inspiring journey. So you're the owner of Mother Holistic Products. Yes. Joey and I met a couple days ago at a CrossFit event just by happenstance, just trying to escape the extremely sweltering temperatures. And when we started talking, I realized something about you pretty quick. We're kindred spirits. Not only do we have the same name, but one of the first things you said to me is that you want to learn everything you possibly can. and Like that's, that's me a hundred percent. So um, I read your story from a, an earlier article you had and I'd really like to hear you tell
1: it. Yeah. When it comes to what my, my story with CBD or my story, your, with your journey from being starting, the corporate life. Yeah. From the corporate life. I'll back it up a little bit. but Prior to, Working in the corporate field, I, uh, I was an entrepreneur and I had my own business and uh, life happened and I went back to working for a uh, big corporate and I did a couple of different things. I was a loan originator for Merrill and then I became a financial advisor for Merrill and this entire time I was suffering from a spinal injury that wasn't getting any better and I was on the search for relief and help. And got to the point where working behind a computer and sitting at a desk all day just wasn't helping me at all. So I decided that I needed a change and I took a leave of absence and I decided to do the things that I've always wanted to do. Yeah, this is where it surprises me. A
0: lot of people, when they say they need a change, they don't really go out and do something extremely drastic. You went from one end of the spectrum to the other. So you decided to go to South America.
1: Yeah. Well, what happened was I just, uh, reality set in and I evaluated my life and where it was at and the direction that I was going to, uh, and I wasn't happy with it and it kind of scared me. And I think I watched a video and, and I saw a guy, I was like, Hey, this is the, your time period you have, you know, from age 20 age 65. You only got so much time to accomplish what you want to accomplish. And so uh, that really set in and my injury and me being in pain was enough to spark for me to say, you know what, I need to change things up. So that's basically what inspired me to leave my current life behind and go after what uh, I've always wanted to do which was just you know, half fulfillment at the end of the day. It's really inspiring to me to see that you not only
0: realize that, but you did something about it. A lot of times people realize that and they just let it sit on the back burner and they never actually go anywhere near making this huge life-changing event. They're so stuck in this habitual rut that they're terrified to move on to trying something new or seeing what's next. But you just... Cut off this corporate life, mm-hmm. and you're like, all
1: right, I'm gonna get one way tickets right. to all these places you want to visit. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Yeah. So what terrified me was living in that same lifestyle. You know, I had a great job. You know, I was a financial advisor. I made good money. I had good benefits. I lived a block away. Still live a block away from the ocean. But I just didn't want to leave this planet unfulfilled, and I felt like I had an obligation to make a difference not only in my life, but other people's life. And so for me, it didn't matter where I went and what I did. I had always wanted to go to South America, to Peru and visit the shamans there and participate in ayahuasca ceremonies. And so that was one of the things I wanted to accomplish. But to be honest with you, I, I just was like, you know what? I don't know what, I don't have any immediate goals set right now. I just know that what I was doing was not bringing me happiness whatsoever. So I decided to change that up. And uh, I was like, you know what? I got to gotta step out away from the whole corporate scene and uh, start living a little bit. That's really cool. Instead of continuing on that path,
0: because that's what we as Americans and some other tight corporate ideology countries, we see this as you get in and you're, your foot's in the door. And you're in this corporation and like everybody else probably saw that as like, Oh, you're doing so great. But internally you weren't happy. You were broken Mm -hmm. and you were like, this isn't what I want to do. So you actually got away from that completely. Mm -hmm. And you said you tried ayahuasca. A lot of people don't really know what that is. Can you get into
1: that? Uh, Yeah. But what I want to address is that, um, you know, for me, I wasn't concerned about missing out on, Financial success for me, I was more driven towards emotional, physical happiness. You know, I I just wanted to feel good at the end of the day. I spent my entire life chasing money and getting the jobs that you know most people would. uh, Completely understand. Yeah, so for me, that just didn't work out. It wasn't bringing any happiness in my life, so. Ayahuasca was uh, something I had uh, found out about uh, back in like 2008. And I just found that many people were using ayahuasca to help them um, with a lot of the issues that they were going through or experiencing, whether it was emotional problems, physical problems, or just wanting to get more spiritually balanced, I guess. Anyhow, it was like a jump start to help them become more, uh, in conscientious, I guess. Um, so that always intrigued me. I had started researching and studying about ayahuasca a long time ago. And when I decided to take a leave for, a leave of absence from Merrill, that was the first thing that I thought of. It was like, Hey, you know, you've been wanting to participate in ayahuasca ceremonies with native shamans for a very long time why don't you go ahead and, and, and pursue that.
0: So, so, I so ayahuasca itself is, uh, I, I really don't know a hundred percent what it is. I know that it's a, uh, it's like a combination of two different plants, correct? Yeah. Like, plant and a root. So the plant, and the root one is hallucinogenic
1: or it's like, yeah, the plant, I, to be honest with you, I don't know which one I know the plant has, uh, D- DMT in it um, but I think the combination between the plant and the root is it allows what, it
0: to get past the blood rain barrier I think is what it is is uh, like the combination of the two allows that to happen do you feel like it gave you this deep sense of spirituality or some
1: level of enlightenment you know I've always uh, to be honest with you I have always uh, been a kind of uh, I've always had that spirituality base toward with me. I just wanted to try ayahuasca because I felt like it would be able to help me uh, see some of the things that were preventing me from accomplishing the stuff that I needed to accomplish. But again, my mindset has always been a spiritual person. Um, it was just, again, ayahuasca was just a an avenue that I could use to be able to jumpstart me towards living a more fulfilling life. I've always wanted to try it just for
0: that purpose itself. We talked earlier and we're both really self-critical and we have these performance expectations. And I think that when you see something from a different viewpoint, maybe say like a 30,000 foot view, instead of being at this concise point where you're always just right there in the moment worrying about every single step of what you're saying, looking at that backing up quite a bit which is what a lot of psychedelics do is allow you to mm-hmm. step back and see the whole picture right not just you in the moment but like everything around you i've always looked at that as a good possibility to learn something about myself yeah so i think it's really cool that you went on that that spiritual journey
1: mm-hmm. but you you said you you did it multiple times right mm-hmm. yeah so any psychedelic um, it's going to give you the opportunity to have that outer body perspective on life. So it's almost like you playing a video game and you uh, being able to see the choices that you make in that video game to determine whether or not it was a good choice or a bad choice. That's what psychedelics allow you to do. That's why I like psychedelics because, and I don't get me wrong, I don't abuse them, but I have used them in a, in a very healthy way, but they've allowed me to have that outer body experience to, View myself from an outer body's perspective to determine whether or not I was making the right choices in life, and that's what ayahuasca did for me too. Just like shrooms do for many people, and sometimes uh, cannabis does that too for people. You know, you you start to contemplate on life a lot with plant-based medicines. Yeah, well, that's like behind the whole hippie
0: movement was the the introduction of LSD of these ways for people to see something bigger than themselves. So I think that's really important to understand that, like, there's a stigma behind a lot of stuff. Like, we're going to get into stigmas here later on. But the fact that, like, people look at these drugs in only an abusive method, right? Right. So LSD, stuff like that, is now finally being approved by the FDA for studies. I had no idea of that. Yeah. So they're (laughs) using these for clinical studies. And, like, it's been something that's been on the back burner for a long time because they made it a class one drug. Really? Well, and correct me if I'm wrong, I'm pretty certain it's a class one drug. Right. I would assume so. (laughs) Yeah. So now they're finally allowing these studies to happen, and they're using them for, uh, like, mushrooms and LSD for uh, PTSD treatments and uh, marriage counseling and all these other things where it allows people to step back and just have this wider view of the situation that's outside of their ego and their concerns and their like inhibitions. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a really powerful thing that like, to me, people should, I'm not going to promote mm-hmm. drug use, mm-hmm. but I think people should look at that in a different light mm-hmm. and stop seeing things as the most abusive
1: end of the spectrum and only judging it on that aspect. Yeah. And I would point out too, the word drug, right? Yeah. You said abuse drugs. In my opinion, drugs don't have a nutritional benefit. Okay. Plants yeah. have a nutritional benefit.
0: Yeah.
1: Anything that has a seed bearing has a nutritional benefit to it. It just depends on how you use that plant. You can alter the plant, like some people do with the coke plant, mm-hmm. and they put it into toxic cutting compounds and chemicals, fuels like kerosene, yeah, whatever. You can alter it. You can come up with this horrible drug that's non-beneficial to you but if you were to go to peru like i did and you go twenty thousand feet in the andy mountains and they use it for you would need to have that plant to eat it yes. and it's not going to have that same bad effect that toxic effect on you
0: now, that's a pretty good delineation too i guess like the word drug is just one of those stamps that people put on certain things mm-hmm. so yeah maybe that's a bad way to to look at it no as, i just as pointed
1: Yeah, I I think that's what we should consider nowadays, too, is because, you know, in our society, we're so dependent on the pharmaceutical industry to help us with our issues. And so it's like, what drug are we going to take to take care of this issue today? And in reality, plants are, in my opinion, are not drugs. That's just my opinion. I'm not a scientist. I'm not a doctor. I'm just, that's just my opinion. It's not, they're not drugs. That's kind of
0: something I want to talk about, too, is um, you said you had a, a spinal injury. Can you elaborate on like maybe what the issue
1: was? Yeah, so I've always lived an active life. Many people that know me know that I've I've always um, lived an active life, and I've had many uh, different injuries. I, I grew up on, on the lake and was barefooting and wakeboarding and uh, took a lot of tumbles, and I'd snowboard, anything with a board I was using. And so yeah. I, had, I, I pretty much – you know, put my body through a lot of harm and stuff. But the one accident that really changed my life a lot was when I was snowboarding about 15 years ago and I uh, took a spill where I landed on my neck and my shoulder. It was probably a 15 foot drop and I landed on my neck and my shoulder, my neck, my head went this way, my shoulder went that way. What I have diagnosing myself, right? I believe I severed my brachial plexus nerve which um, has affected my motor function in my trapezius muscle, and that created a ripple effect throughout my right side of my body. I experienced a lot of issues on the right side of my body only, and so for fifteen, the last fifteen years, you know, I had been going in and out of doctors' offices, and I get the same response from all these professionals. Yeah, you've got arthritis, Joey, in your spine. It's just because you, you know, you took a spill here or there. Here's, Here's what you need. The, the next experience. biggest. Name drugs. Take this drug which is yeah. gonna um really gonna kill your kidneys and you're gonna need a drug for that. And you're gonna need a drug for that and this yeah. that and the other. And so I, I just was not about to go down that route. And I never really I never really did. I did try certain pharmaceutical drugs out, but they never did much for me at all. Like you said before, they mask it, and they create more problems in the yeah, end. Yeah, they just it's an absolute nightmare. You know, I just wanted a holistic type of healing. And when I say ho- holistic, I mean just everything, not just taking uh, one, eating one plant or another plant or having a certain diet. You know, it, it was just more of like I just wanted to take all approaches to helping myself feel better. Yeah. And I see like
0: the way I see that is um, like there's always this this kind of separation between like analytical people and holistic people where like when somebody says holistic, then the analytical people will automatically assume that it's like, Oh, you're taking a bees honey or something like that under the tongue for like 90 seconds. And then like that's supposed to heal everything. Mm -hmm. And really like holistic is that it's the whole, Mm -hmm. like you're taking care of your mind, your body, you're taking all these steps that are natural steps to create harmony inside yourself. And prescription drugs aren't meant for that. They're meant for profit. Mm-hmm. So you got this stuff that has like these, these harsh chemicals that are trying to be absorbed by the kidneys and all these other issues, all these other side effects. Like I remember um, I wasn't allowed to take it because I was overseas in the military, but I was prescribed Adderall because I had this issue with uh, like concentrating and feeling present and, being awake. And like I was, my mind was constantly running. I wasn't sleeping. You know, I would go six or seven days with poor sleep. And so in order to counter the, the poor sleep for six or seven days, they gave me Adderall. Of that. So that's like the idea that a doctor really understands exactly what you need is scary. It's scary. It is. It's like you're, you're putting your trust in somebody that's been lobbied by these drug companies to push certain products. And like they're only taught what they're taught, but there's so many gaps in that that they really don't have a full understanding of what's necessary. And it's like you're trying to compete with nature in order to find ways to fix problems. But every time we've tried to compete with nature, we just screwed stuff up. So yeah, to me, like I prefer going the natural method, and I found out that the reason I wasn't sleeping is because I was depressed and I was anxious. And then once you tackle those problems and then you start working through that, all of a sudden you can sleep. And like all of a sudden you can think. And right. then like there's it's this trickle down effect where once you find harmony within yourself, then you can do things and you right. can you have balance without drugs. Right. And I always see, like, I'm, I'm going super off the cuff here, but like, I, I see people that, like, going to the DA, right? And they'll walk in and they'll have this bag just chock full of prescription drugs. Right. One person, and you'll see 13 different bottles. And I wonder, like, how do you even function anymore? Are you who
1: you used to be? Zombie. Yeah, exactly. So like that, that stuff's terrible. Numb, to, numb to, to life. That uh, is what frustrates me the most, not only in seniors, and vets, but in children too. Yeah. I get furiated when I see kids on certain medications. You said Adderall. If you look at Adderall, and, you, and, and I'm not going to go into, into too much uh, detail, but many people consider that a methamphetamine.
0: It is. It's so, an
1: crystals. Right. So it, it essentially has the same effect mm-hmm. as the street. I, I won't go too much farther into it. But yeah, it's very sad that that we have gone that route as a society to push man-made... Quick fixes. Drug... Yeah, exactly. Quick fixes uh, instead of just going the natural route.
0: Yeah. So you have like um, like Ritalin and stuff like that. I remember that was kind of the big deal when I was younger. was Ritalin. But the way I've always saw is that like, it's like giving a kid an iPad, you know, like it's a control method to make it easier on the parents and the teachers, but it's not allowing the kid to grow as they should because now they're stunted. So mm-hmm. like, yeah, I, I have a lot of concerns about that stuff too. So with CBD, you talk about the, uh, the
1: endocannabinoid system. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. Um, so I just want to back up and mention a, a couple of things, you know, for as far as CBD can, is concerned, I wouldn't look at it. And I tell everybody this as a, as a magic pill. And that goes back to why I, I came up with the name Mother Holistic is because it can't just rely on one specific natural compound or plant. You're not just going to eat oranges for the rest of your life to stay healthy, right? You need to yeah. take a holistic approach with that. So uh, I just wanted to address that. But as far as the endocan I refer to it as <laughs> the endocannabinoid system. Many people in the, throughout uh, the industry call it the endocannabinoids or they refer to cannabinoids. But for me, I don't understand that. And I'm, I'm just saying that because um, when you talk about cannabis, they pronounce it cannabis, right? Cannabis. Not cannabis, yeah, right. Okay, that's been a pet peeve of mine for a long time. I'm like, I don't understand why people are calling it cannabinoids. Is cannabinoids, you know? But but the endocannabinoid system, from what I have researched and I found, and what the Wikipedia and dictionary says, is that it's a biological system, the largest receptor system, neurological system, receptor system in the entire body. And it consists of uh, receptors, CB1 and CB2. CB1 receptors are in your brain. CB2 receptors are basically throughout your body, located in your nervous system, your immune system, your peripheral system. And associated with those systems are all your different type of uh, organs and biological systems, right? And so these receptors, um, they make up the endocannabinoid system. Endo refers to your body is creating cannabinoids inside. And your body creates cannabinoids When it's stressed to deal with stress, basically, to help you manage your five vital functions, your five vital functions are how you handle pain sensations, how you handle your sleep patterns, your mood, your cognitive or memory functioning, and your appetite. Uh, Are you overeating or are you not eating enough? So the endocambinoid system in essence is responsible for balancing those five vital functions, but there's much more to the endocambinoid system than just that. And I'm not a complete expert on it. I can just tell you based off experience, how it has helped me and how it's helped so many other people that I know. People are using it anywhere from having seizures to having sleep problems, right? So at the end of the day, What I tell people in addition to helping them manage the five vital functions is that if you have an issue that you're suffering with to do your own research online, see if there are other people who are using CBD to help them with the same issue that you're experiencing.
0: Yeah, I think that's really important too is that like when I first met you and you told me that you own a business, like you weren't pushing a product you weren't saying like this is what you need, this is right for you. You weren't salesman tactics at all. Like you were you're just really nonchalant and genuine about it. And I really appreciate that.
1: So that's new to me, the whole five vital five functions. Yeah. Vital is because they those are the the functions that we basically rely on or that are have the most impact on our life, our quality of life. Again, how we manage pain sensations, our mood our sleep patterns, our appetite, and our cognitive memory. And that's huge, too. I just think of the –
0: people used to have, like, two sleeps a day, right? So they would sleep at night for a chunk of time, and then they'd wake up for a couple hours, do something, and then they'd go back to bed. And when it came to the advent of the light bulb, all of a sudden this industrial revolution pours in, and, like, no longer are people getting those same standard sleep patterns. So a lot of people are just me <laughs> so yeah, they're so off kilter when it comes to sleep because like right. you're you're nine to five, you're this and that, you know, like you have these set periods where you're supposed to be awake and performing. And it's not really natural to the human body at all. And then you got the other aspects too, of like obviously appetite and everything where you have all these like salty fast foods and all that stuff that just throws your system off completely. And then the modern stress of having time constraints having to get all this stuff done within a small amount of time and then eating poorly, sleeping poorly, like all these things add up and to have something help regulate that and kind of restore that balance. It's
1: really, it's amazing to Mm -hmm. think that's even possible. Mm -hmm. That's what got me so intrigued with CBD. I never thought I was going to be involved in the cannabis industry. I was uh, plagued with that stigma that society has been plagued with for the last 80 years, that cannabis is the gateway drug and it's horrible for you. So I never thought I was going to be involved in this industry whatsoever. I just always wanted to have a fulfilling life. And that's why I left my position at Merrill is to do something that I wanted to do. And it just so happened that I kept on hearing about CBD, CBD, CBD. And I was like, I got to give this a try. And I ran into a person who gave me some free samples they were gummy bears and I, and it took like 20, 30 minutes for them to sit in. But I, I felt such a big weight off my shoulders, right? That was a first experience. And it was a natural, subtle feeling. It wasn't like I took a Xanax or a pharmaceutical drug where, you know, you're, you've been sedated, right? So that's what got me intrigued was how it affected me. After that, I went and did some research on cbd and i found out about the endocannabinoid system how it was just recently discovered that blew my mind that we recently discovered this and en- the endocannabinoid system that is responsible for homeostasis homeostasis is in other words of saying everything is running in harmony like you just said everything is regulated everything's running in harmony the way that it should be so that your body can function normally and not be plagued with extreme pain sensations or mood disorders or difficult sleep patterns and all that good stuff. So that blew me away that there was a system that not only in humans, but the entire animal kingdom that created essentially balance right so that sent me down a long path of uh down the rabbit hole of just learning more and more and more and even today i'm still learning more and more there's so much to learn about this uh this biological system and what uh, how it can benefit uh all animals anything with a backbone
0: i think that's an important point too is that when you're talking about cbd the harming, the self-regulation like there's a big difference between taking a drug where you feel something and taking a drug where you don't feel something like whenever you take a painkiller or something else, like you feel like you're, you're high, but whenever you take CBD, it's just, you feel better. And like, there's a big difference between those two where you have this physiology altering drug that's totally uh, foreign to the body.
1: Then you have something where you just feel, better mm-hmm. yeah and I think the feel better for me at least and what I what most people say is that it, it starts with how you are managing stress so in essence and what I've found is the endocannabinoid system helps you manage stress that when you're under stress your body produces cannabinoids to deal with stress and if you're deficient in cannabinoids it means that you're lacking uh, certain herbs and foods, you don't only get cannabinoids from hemp. It's kind of a shortcut to getting cannabinoids because there's such a high concentrated amount of phytocannabinoids. Phyto stands for plants that people are taking it to, to get a jump start to refuel their endocannabinoid system. But in actual reality if you were eating the right type of herbs and uh, plant vegetables, you would be able to have a healthy and efficient endocannabinoid system. It's just some people just don't have that lifestyle. They don't have that diet. They're not uh, trained and disciplined enough to um, eat healthy foods and stuff. Yeah, a a lot of that to
0: me, uh, that's something that I get into quite often is that there's really a lack of education on a lot of fronts as far as, uh, like like you said, herbs, diet, especially there's a – a chef that's a really well-known world round chef that brought a couple bags of fruits and vegetables to an elementary school, and he asked the kids to identify what they were, and the kids had no idea. They couldn't identify these very basic ingredients because everything's so industrialized and everything's just already mixed. And like it's it's crazy to think that like I grew up in a, a really small rural area where there was tons of farms and like everybody had gardens, and it was a, a very normal thing. And I'm a hundred percent sure I ate better then, like when I was around all that stuff than I do now. So just knowing like people supplement all the time and it's such a commonplace saying that the supplement market is a multi-billion dollar industry, but they're always trying to fill these gaps of things that like CBD could just do already.
1: I hate the the way they do that. To be honest with you, I hate the way they target or isolate certain, health benefits with CBD in my opinion is ridiculous another selling point which I I can't stand again you should take a holistic approach to feeling better but to your point with children and not knowing how to identify vegetables and stuff I completely understand where you're coming from because when I started this business again part of the what I was looking for was fulfillment so I started to uh, substitute teach at elementary schools I just, I'm one of 10 children. So I love being around kids and stuff and they're awesome. Amazing. and I get a lot out of it. And, uh, you know, what disappointed me the most was, um, the kids were eating shit food, crappy food. I don't have any other way to explain it, but it was not nutritional at all. Yeah. So if you look at the foods they're eating, it's not nutritional whatsoever. And a lot of those kids are bringing foods to school. They're packing their own bunch. And I I see Lunchables, crackers, cheese, and sugar. You see puddings. You see yogurts. You see all this stuff, and all of it is just loaded with sugar, the most dangerous, poisonous drug on this planet. It's more responsible for more deaths than any other thing on this planet sugar. And everybody gets on to me. They're like, Joey, how could you be so mean? It's it's nice for kids to have sugar. And every now and then, okay, yeah, I agree. I eat sugar every now and then too, but educate people on how sugar affects the body, what it does to you. Because most people don't realize that eating unnatural sugars is going to affect your body's ability to break those sugars down, even natural sugars down in the long run. And that's how diabetes sets in. And that's how obesity sets in. And that's how you become sick and you suffer from major health issues. So going back to the kids and stuff, it infuriates me to see how they're eating their diet and stuff. It's child Yeah. Like it's it definitely so, is. Yeah. And I always say this like a um, slow death sentence.
0: Yeah. So I'm actually, uh, like, I've been working on building, like, a workout plan and a diet plan and meal plan and stuff for people to teach them what to eat, how to eat it, to understand the nutrients and all these different varying levels of actual health. And I actually met with a registered dietitian yesterday, and we talked about this. So there's a rule for sugar itself where, like, people have this huge disconnect from food, right? They don't really think about a cow getting killed to eat a burger. Right. And they, they don't. They, it's funny you say that because I had a conversation with my nephews the other day. Yeah. And <laughs> it's like it's a cultural thing where like people like they enforce this. we like, don't tell them that. It's right, terrifying. Right, right, right. But like people, oh. they need to learn where their food comes from. Right. And they need to learn more about it. But with sugar, like there's natural sugars which are 100 percent fine if they come with the natural compounds. If you eat an apple. Then the fiber in the apple offsets the sugar, everything's within balance. That's the way an apple is supposed to be. We've eaten apples for a really long time. People in the nineteen twenties were thin and healthy. Like if they would have had the medical advances we did, but their diet, they probably lived to two hundred. But like everything now, it's like sugar is so dirt cheap, they just pump it into everything. And it's killing everyone. And
1: but it's making a lot of people very wealthy. Yeah. It's making a lot of people rich. And those people are probably vegans that don't eat sugar. Hospitals. If tomorrow people stop eating as much sugar and reduced it down to 10%, mm-hmm. how many visits would uh, the hospital receive from people? Like, let's just say in the, in the future, you know what I mean? So the problem is it's, it's so intertwined with our system. Yeah. Sugar that it becomes, um, a sensitive topic to discuss because uh, there's profit involved, you know, and, and I don't want to go on on the conspiracy side, but the reality of it is, is that uh, people being healthy would affect the pharmaceutical industry, would affect hospitals, yeah. so doctors' pay, nurses' pay, etc. And to me, like, uh, like I
0: said, I was building that the workout, the meal plan, and stuff, and like getting people away from those things, like weaning them off of sugars to where they get to a point where they're actually eating, like, a healthy amount of sugar a day. Just that alone, I've seen my cousin, I'm not going to say his name, but, like, my cousin, like, he would roll up in his cutlass when we were kids, like, when we were, like, 19, 20 years old, you know. He would have a two-liter of Coke. Well, it was Diet Coke, but, you know, two-liter Diet Coke with him at all times. And, like, he would drink two or three of those a day. And he was really surprised by the amount of weight gain that he had, right? So, like, it was, like, he – it was Diet Coke, so it was fine, right? And I <laughs> – so this, like, I remember this at a young age. Like, this kind of helped to put me on the path of understanding how all that stuff works and how critically important it is to be, like, healthful and understand what you're eating and consuming. But I told him, I was, like, just quit drinking that. Drink water and see what happens. Mm-hmm. And he lost thirty five pounds in a month. That's insane. In a month. And like we have this huge obesity epidemic where people don't see the connection between that stuff.
1: And it's about like making healthy choices. Yeah, and people um they go to that because of comfort, like you were saying earlier, so it gets comfort too for a lot of people and so you're just left in this tough situation you know, I mean, most physicians will tell you, hey, reduce the amount of sugar you take you know, most physicians would say that but uh, it's hard when you go to the grocery store and a bottle of Coca-Cola is the same price as a bottle of water.
0: Yeah, it's cheaper to eat bad than it is to eat healthy mm-hmm. but like realistically in the long run it is by far not. like it's way cheaper to eat healthy mm-hmm. and it's not only like what you saving money as far as hospital bills, but what you gain in the long run as far as as far as life experience. and happiness. But that's like
1: quality of life.
0: Yeah. yeah. And that's, that's the thing is like really that kind of ties back into what you're doing is that it's a quality of life issue. Like if you find out that there's a natural and affordable, smart way to go about regulating these systems instead of making doctor's visits and like, pumping pills in your body and doing all this stuff. Why would you not at least give that route a chance? Right. But there's this huge stigma where it's a like CBD marijuana. It's a very old school way of thinking, but I think a lot of people are so attached to their top values that they're afraid to admit that they're trying this like
1: hemp or marijuana based product. Change has always been difficult for society. Majority of society. They don't like change, whether it's with a plant that has had uh, scrutiny over the last eighty years, or whether it's going towards a more efficient economy. Change in general has always been a big uh, issue with a lot of people. Like you said, giving it a try. I mean, what my thing is that what do you have to lose? And you don't have to go through me. You know, you can go to any company you want to. I would suggest looking into certain uh, things with the company that you purchase products from, but definitely go towards more of the natural route. You know, that's
0: a, that's the thing too, is like, like say you didn't own your own CBD company, but you understood the whole process. What would you tell people to look for when they're buying
1: a product? Um, So it depends on the person because you can manufacture CBD products in several different ways. You've got CO2, which involves a pressurized system. You have ethanol, which involves a vegetable grain alcohol to remove those cannabinoids. And then you have hydrocarbon, which involves butane and propane at a very low temperature to extract those um, cannabinoids and terpenes. Each one of those methods will have a different outcome or produce a certain type of CBD oil. For most people that I have come across, they want the super refined, rich in terpenes. Terpenes are the crystal-like little nutrients that are formed on the outside of a plant or a vegetable, they're responsible for the fragrance and the smell. So for example, a peppermint leaf, if you smell that, you're, you're going to smell the peppermint from the plant. That's because of the terpenes, which is like their oils that form into crystals. So some people want that rich terpene taste, smell. They like that from the flower or from the outside of the plant. Some people want the raw oil, which includes the cannabinoids and nutrients from inside the stalk, and the stems and the leaves. And then some people prefer the CO2 method, which is again, the highly pressurized uh, extraction method of producing a mixture between the crude and the refined clean oil. So, it depends on what your preference is, you know. For us, what we offer is we offer both hydrocarbon, which produces a very clean and tasty, rich and hempy and robust terpene taste of oil because we use only the flour for that uh, oil. But then some people want that uh, raw oil from the ethanol. That's also known as like Rick Simpson oil. Or again, they're just taking the whole entire plant, submerging it into vegetable alcohol, and then removing the cannabis. It sounds like a that. real
0: quick method, like quick and dirty method.
1: Yeah, so that method is used by the majority of uh, companies out there because they can produce a large volume of products. It's also used by a lot of veterinarians' offices for pets and stuff because they, the pets benefit more from that raw oil But humans, they like the delicacy. They like the flower, the blossoming, the part of cannabis. That's what attracts them the most, the smell, the taste, the fragrance of it. Yeah, I
0: I noticed like you, you brought some by earlier and like I've bought CBD oils before and I attributed it to when I lived in Italy. And so the olive oil there was like this pure, just green, pungent, just amazing. You could take shots of this olive oil. And then when you come back to the States, it's like this it's kind of, it's just oil. Diluted? Yeah, it's just this yellow oil. But there's this like green, pungent, cloudy, milky, just real natural oil. And the stuff that you brought, like that's the first time I've ever smelled or like tasted or seen a CBD oil that looked like
1: that. So, yeah. It's because of how we produce it. Ultimately, how we produce our, our full spectrum. Now, our broad spectrum is a little different, but our full spectrum oil is made with only hemp flowers. So, the blossoming of the of the hemp plant, where you get the terpenes, the little crystals that are responsible for the fragrance and many other health benefits, the trichomes, which are the little hair follicles that grow from the bud. So, that full spectrum that I brought to you, that's made with only flowers. The majority of companies out there though, they are not gonna produce their full spectrum oils with just flowers only because that's the delicacy part of the plant, the hemp plant. And they can make a lot more money off of producing certain types of full spectrum oils only using the flower. There's less of the flower than there is of the entire plant. So you can create a couple different types of full spectrum oils. For like So, for example, we're only using the flowers for our full-spectrum oils. Other companies might use the entire plant using ethanol. And so the entire plant, they have, like, let's say, 100 pounds of raw plant that they're going to produce uh, a full-spectrum oil out of. And out of that 100 pounds, you've got so many flowers. Well, the ratio of those terpenes from the flowers are going to be less – because you're mixing those terpenes amongst all the other cannabinoids in that plant. So you're going to have a lower ratio of terpenes in your full-spectrum oil by producing, by manufacturing through ethanol than you would have with only using hemp flowers and extracting it with hydrocarbon. It's a noticeable difference. It's unreal
0: how different the two are when you actually get to experience it. And like, as soon as you smell it, you're like, wait a minute. This is amazing. Right. And that that kind of brings the point, like uh, a lot of the commercial legalized marijuana places, I I heard on a TED talk recently that they're, uh, they're spraying these plants with so many chemicals to up the THC concentration that people have to go in and don like full gear in order to respirate inside these areas. So how is it that you, guarantee that you have this like this holistic organic approach to all your stuff.
1: Um, So I'm not sure about the the full gear um, and spraying because you know, cannabis is a naturally it's a bug repellent plant, but I can see them wearing those full suits because maybe other reasons. But for us, when we produce our full spectrum oils, as far as they are concerned, our farm is USDA certified for growing organic hemp. So we're not using any type of chemicals on our hemp plants at all. And then again, we are only using the flowers of the plant. I would assume other companies, when they're using the ethanol extraction and they're just throwing the entire plant in the vegetable alcohol, they're not, so to speak, spraying it for bugs or you no. know No, so the, uh, the spraying or whatever.
0: part from what I've heard is that they're actually doing that Like they're uh, genetically modifying plants Mm -hmm. in order to create way higher THC
1: concentrations than what's already there. Okay. So that's on the marijuana cannabis side, right? Both plants though. So under cannabis, you have marijuana and you have hemp. Marijuana has a higher concentration of THC, the psychoactive compound responsible for getting you stoned or high. Hemp has a lot of CBD, which is exactly, opposite as far as the effect is concerned than THC and it has hemp also has little or traces of THC and that's because both of these plants were genetically modified. If you look at the natural design of both cannabis plants, the marijuana plant naturally before it was genetically modified, it had 20% of that plant was consisted of THC and 10% of it was CBD. On the hemp side, Again, natural hemp was genetically modified, 20% of that plant was uh, CBD and 10% of it was THC. Then we had, you know, the policymakers get involved and they uh, wanted to genetically modify the plant for their own reasons and their own purposes. And so, like you said, what they have done is they genetically modified on the medical marijuana side, which has a lot more THC. They have increased the amount of THC in that marijuana plant. To crazy levels. To crazy levels, and they have increased the amount of CBD on the hemp plant to crazy levels. The problem is with – on the marijuana side is that too much THC throws your entire endocannabinoid system out of whack. The same system that's responsible for creating balance is now not operating the way it should operate because it has an overload of THC. So now you're not going to be able to get the sleep that you wanted. You might get one night's sleep, good. Then the next night comes around and it, you may not be able to get the same amount of sleep. You might be staying up all night watching TV you know, or you're doing changed. whatever. Right. So you're not going to have that consistency, that regularity going on with this genetically modified marijuana plant. That's what, from my own experience. And from the research that, that I have found, and I can't cite the source right now, but it is widely known among many uh, scientists who study cannabis that too much THC throws the entire endocannabinoid system out of whack. So for me, I, if I were to use marijuana cannabis, I would have a balanced ratio of cannabinoids, not extreme ratio of like 80-90% THC and 10% CBD. I would have a 50-50 balance where they balance each other out. One ratio of THC, one ratio of CBD. Now, on the hemp side, being that hemp is non-psychoactive and it's responsible, what they say is that it, uh, it stimulates the endocannabinoid system, and they have confirmed that it stimulates the endocannabinoid system, but they haven't actually been able to confirm whether or not it modulates they use the term modulate modulate cells throughout the endocannabinoid system and modulate is another way of saying restoring balance to cells. but that's what the consensus is is that it's restoring balance to all of those cells cb1 and cb2 receptors all throughout your body so they also i have not heard that, and they have not said to my knowledge that cbd actually throws your too much cbd throws your endocannabinoid system out of whack but again from my experience with both plants I know that too much marijuana throws me off balance. Too much CBD throws me off balance and has side effects. Just like side effects if you were to eat too much of of any other vegetable. For example, an orange. If you ate 10 oranges a day, there's a good chance you're probably going to get diarrhea for a minute. Or an ulcer or something. Right. So the same concept with any other natural plant, right? So you don't want to abuse anything. And the problem that I see a lot of days now now times is going back to, people wanting a quick fix. And they think by taking a whole bottle of CBD that they're going to get rid of their issues, but they didn't get their issues overnight and they're not going to get rid of their issues overnight. Yeah.
0: That's another thing too. Is like, So how do you determine dosing?
1: Like how does that work? Uh, so you got to experience with it. Um, if you're going to experience with hemp, which is a lot less expensive than uh, marijuana, you want to start off with around eight to 10 milligrams of CBD per serving. See how that fits you. Typically, people will experience a sense of relief within the first 15 minutes. If they're taking a sublingual drop because it gets absorbed into your bloodstream and can travel throughout your body. Sublingual under under the tongue. Yeah, sublingual under the tongue. So typically, 8-10 milligrams milligrams of CBD per serving twice a day, once in the morning, once in the evening is enough to provide relief.
0: Like We were talking about that earlier that there's a difference between feeling something from a drug and not feeling something. And when I talk to a couple people that take CBD all the time and they're really consistent with it, they say the days that they miss, they notice a difference. And it's not like it's this huge, like negative effect. Like they're like dying for CBD or something. It's not like they're Jonesy, but they notice a difference when they wake up. They're like a little bit more angry or disconcerted or like something feels off. Like there's this regulation
1: issue that they have. Right. Yeah. I don't want to say that you have to be dependent on it. I just like to relate it back to the personal experience each and every one of us have with CBD. Mm -hmm. And so if they feel that they need to take CBD every single day, then maybe they should supplement their diet and include it every day. If that's what makes them feel better it's a natural compound the problem that i saw and and one another reason why i got into this business is because we haven't had access to this natural compound that works for their own biological system for the last 81 years so i I felt like it, it was a great opportunity for me to introduce this to be a spokesman to stand behind my own product and let people know that i i'm providing a product that uh is at the end of the day a high quality product that um is safe, transparent with what you read on the bottle is what you're going to see on a certificate of analysis. And it's just an alternative, a natural supplement that they can include into their, their diet that they haven't had access to have in a long time.
0: Well, the fact that you found this journey through your own personal experience and learning how much it helped you, I think that's it's a lot more relatable than somebody that's like, I'm going to sell the CV Oh, yeah. You know, like, people get into business to make money, but you get into business to actually share the wealth. Mm -hmm. You're teaching people a different route to try out, and you're not even saying that they have to buy it from you, but you're saying to, like, consider the possibilities that maybe this could be something that could
1: be a better choice for you than what you're already doing. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really important. Yeah, if it can help somebody from taking – toxic medications and if it can provide relief for them instead of having to take those medications, then man, that makes me happy. If yeah. it can help a parent uh, stop paying a ton of money for a pharmaceutical drug, which may be hurting their child and instead giving them a natural plant compound, which is less expensive and doing bet more for their child. then man, I feel great at the end of the day. That's why I started this business.
0: I think I, that's one of the, the most easily, digestible and understandable benefits from CBD is that seeing somebody with seizures and then seeing them with like CBD treatment, the difference is unreal. Mm -hmm. Like it's an organic, simple compound. It's straightforward. It's not coming with this slew of concerns (laughs) that are going to totally ruin somebody's (laughs) life anyways. You know, like it's amazing to me that more people aren't on the bandwagon but I still feel like there's – the education has to be really persistent, but also people need to start being more open-minded and less
1: fixed on the way they see things. Yeah, and to the consumer's point, they've been bombarded with information about CBD in the last few years. I mean that's what I've, I've heard from many of my customers They're like, Joey, it's everywhere. Everywhere you go, CBD this, CBD this, and you got people selling it, blah, 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 blah. At the end of the day, I don't have any comment. It's just like hey it's out there I don't know who what people's intentions are with selling it you know all I can comment on is from my own perspective and why I got involved in it and what type of products I offer but yeah it's everywhere and, and I think people now I wouldn't be surprised if people are like stand off hey I've, I've heard too much about CBd you know yeah. what I mean I, I, it's everywhere and not just I'm like just when gonna you go ignore to a juice it. bar
0: and they're like CBD infused juice mm-hmm like there's, there's so many people trying to pump it out as a profit margin, mm-hmm. but it's either such a minuscule amount that it's going to have no benefit or it's low quality or it's like people are just trying to make something off of it. Mm-hmm. But when you, you offer something that is like the best of the best and you're doing it for the best intentions, like I, I just really hope
1: the best for you because I think that's an awesome business plan. Yeah, and you know, regardless of what my outcome is, like I said, I just uh, made myself a promise that I was going to change my my life and um, go after things that were fulfilling. So, um, so far it's been great, and I've enjoyed every minute of it. I think
0: a, a big problem or a big question for people is going to be: Is this something like they start
1: taking CBD, they're going to fail the drug test? It's possible, depending on whether or not it has THC in it, because that's what uh, companies test for is THC. So you got the option of going with a, if you are drug tested and you're worried or concerned that you're going to fail a drug test, then you want to stay away from full spectrum or whole plant hemp products. Because they contain up to 0.3% THC, which is below the threshold, which our federal government allows to have in hemp products. As long as we stay below 0.3% THC, we're good. But on the other spectrum, employers, they can make up their own rules and determine you know, how much THC is uh, allowed and, and not allowed. So I always tell people if you're concerned about uh, failing a drug test, like some vets are, which is ridiculous, by the way. But if you're concerned about failing a drug test, then you want to stay away from the full spectrum or the whole plant. And you want to go with a broad spectrum, which contains a broad or a lot of cannabinoids from hemp without THC or an isolate, which is only CBD and isolated. And all those have their very benefits, right? Again, it's going back to, to personal experience. Um, what I've heard about isolates is that it can have what's called a bell effect, which means that CBD alone will only be beneficial. parabolic curve. Yeah, will only be beneficial once you hit a certain point to where the body will be able to use it in a beneficial way. And I don't know if whether or not that's scientifically proven, but that's just a research that I have found. It's called the Bell Effect. Typically, anything under 25 milligrams of CBD alone in an isolated amount, from my experience and a lot of my customer experience, my family experience, that has helped them a lot. So I I think when you try to abuse just CBD alone in an isolated form, that's where you're going to have an issue. So if you're taking an extreme amount of CBD, that's where you're not going to see any – just CBD alone, you're, you're not going to see as many benefits. Now, if you go with the full spectrum, because they're synergistically working together, all those cannabinoids and the terpenes, then you reduce the chance of having that bell effect. That's what I've been told. I've used both of them. I've used isolates and I've used, uh, full spectrums. You know, it comes down to preference. I prefer my full spectrum instead of isolates, but I I also like, you know, the edible isolates. They're great. As long as they don't go overboard with the the strength and you get, you know, anywhere from 20 to 25 milligrams in your edible of just CBD alone. I've had great, awesome experience with that, with those products. All
0: right. Well, I really want to thank you for coming on the show. Like I, I definitely appreciate it. It's been amazing how much I've learned just from talking to you the past couple of times. Yeah. Uh, where can people find your product?
1: Um, so motherholistic.com is my website. And I'm also on Facebook mother holistic Instagram mother holistic. My website has my 800 number and my email. So they can find me. The best way to do it is just go to my website, motherholistic.com or one of the social networks like Facebook or Instagram. Awesome.
0: Yeah, man. Right, thanks it's a lot. Great.
1: Thanks a lot. I appreciate it. No problem.